tell you what, it is, it is a wonderful thing to be in a room full of people who are just singing about following Jesus. So if, if that is your prayer this morning, then you are in the right room, which is, which is a good thing, don't you think? Um, good morning to those of you who are visiting and traveling and, and hanging out with us this morning. Good morning, regulars as well. Um, and uh, we have last month, um, we had a whole month of mission speakers coming and talking about what does it look like to be people who are sent and people who are sending. So I'm really thankful for you guys being here this morning and talking about another opportunity to do mission to Aussies. Because I think Aussies need Jesus. I, I think for everything else going on in our country, the solution remains the same. Jesus is the author and the finisher. Jesus is the one with the authority over the living and the dead. And, um, and he's still the solution. This morning we're going to finish John's gospel. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you who are visiting, let's just put some context around the clapping and the cheering that just happened. Um, we have spent, uh, as a church, well, and, and again, this has been broken up by different things that we've talked about and, and different speakers who've come, but the first, um, the very first uh, couple of sermons that we did looking at John's gospel, um, this has been deeply personal for me because it was just before I had to have time off for burnout. And so that was two and a half years ago. Um, yeah, so we do expository preaching, <laughs> kind of in-house here. And it has just been a wonderful thing. I've had person after person after person go, it's been, it's been good. It's been really good sitting in and letting John's observations about the person of Jesus sink in. And my hope and my prayer for us as a church has been throughout this series that we would see Jesus. Not that we would see a particular person's definition of who Jesus is, or, or not the picture of Jesus that you inherited or that I inherited, but that we would see Jesus for who he is. So let's read together. We're going to be in John chapter 21. I'm not going to have the text up here. Let me skip through. This is our context. Remember, Jesus has made the disciples breakfast on the beach, and he's just had this conversation with Peter restoring him after Peter's denial. That's what we were talking about last week. So let's pick up our reading this morning, and we're going to start here at verse 18. Someone's got the Gideon's app on their phone, uh, which is a great app, by the way. If you don't have it, get it. Um, I found out it can actually read the Bible out to you in Italian, which is helpful if you're Italian. So Jesus, John chapter 21, verse 18, Jesus has just finished saying to Peter, Feed my sheep. The third time, this restoration after the three denials uh, that Peter had, had given during the trial of Jesus. And somewhere between that statement, feed my sheep, and then verse 18 or verse 19, somewhere in there, Jesus and Peter get up and they start walking. Just before that, we're told that they are all sitting uh, verse 15 tells us that they had finished eating, but somewhere along here they get up and they start walking. Somewhere in here. Verse 18, we're going to read through uh, to verse 25. And it says this, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, 
You will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's how John names himself, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know that his testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. What a peculiar way for John to finish his gospel. After all the stories that he's shared, after all the pieces of information that he's given us, after all of his observations, he doesn't finish with Jesus' ascension up to heaven. He doesn't finish with um, Jesus on the mountaintop. He finishes with this peculiar, very specific conversation going on between Peter and the Lord, and then he just wraps it up right there. This is how John chooses to finish the story. And I trust in the Lord's timing for this. I trust that there are some of us here this morning that actually need to let Jesus' words to Peter sink in and be Jesus' words to us. Peter has just finished being restored to the Lord, to the fellowship of the disciples. Jesus is, like we talked about last week, he wants Peter to get on with it. That's the whole aim. Jesus has not turned up to crush and destroy Peter. He's turned up to restore him and to commission him and say, there is stuff for you to do. And then verse 18, he says this, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Why did Peter deny Jesus in the first place? Think back. What was going on when Peter denied Jesus? You're allowed to yell out. You don't have to put your hand up. What was going on? Fear. What was he afraid of? Jesus is on trial. Peter is in the courtyard. What was it that Peter was afraid would happen if he said that he belonged to Jesus? He'd get killed. Maybe he'd just get the, the snot kicked out of him. It was fear, maybe even fear of death, certainly fear of discomfort, that Peter would be made uncomfortable, that he would not be, be able to to kind of live his own life. And in that moment of fear, he denies Jesus. So here Jesus restores him to full fellowship. And then Jesus says this. He says, when you were younger, you did what you wanted. You dressed yourself. When you are older, you're not going to be in control. You're not even going to be able to dress yourself. Someone else will dress you. They will lead you where you don't want to go. And John puts here really clearly Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter will glorify God. And I'm not going to tell you what that was. Make a note of it. Go home and look it up. 
the, the death of the apostles and what we have both in kind of tradition and folklore as well as what we have in, in what we think is pretty good history, it is worth looking at how these people died, what happened to them, what happened to Christians for the first couple of centuries of Christianity. But right here, Peter has no idea the way that he's going to die. And so it's actually less important to us to have those details. I want you to imagine for a moment, this is Jesus' words to you. If you follow Jesus, then in your old age, you will not be in control. Maybe that's the price you have to pay. If you follow Jesus, you are not going to get to go where you want to go. You're not going to be in charge of where you find yourself geographically. You are not going to get to pick your clothing. You are not even going to have the dignity of dressing yourself. Jesus says to Peter, after this, follow me. Fear of discomfort and death scared Peter off once. And Jesus does not want it to scare Peter off again. So how are we this morning? What if it was that simple and that clear when the gospel sank in and made sense to us? If you truly follow Jesus, you will not be in control. If you truly follow Jesus, there is no guarantee of safety, no guarantee of security, no guarantee that you will get what you want. Are you prepared to let go of what you want in order to lay hold of who Jesus is? This is how John is finishing his gospel. And what is Peter's response to this conversation? Because as they're walking down, Peter's just been restored to fellowship and Jesus just hears from Jesus by... um, Peter hears from Jesus that this is not a happy picture of the future. This is not the retirement that people want. And what is Peter's response? What does he do? Have a look in the text. It's in front of you. What does Peter do? He turns around and looks over his shoulder and he says, well, what about him? What about that guy? And sometimes this is our response as well, where we go, Lord God, it is hard following you. I don't get to reach out and lay hold of everything I want if I follow Jesus faithfully. But Lord, what about that guy? If it's going to be hard for me, is it going to be hard for him too? If I'm going to be uncomfortable, are they going to be as uncomfortable as me? And what is Jesus' response to Peter? He's just spoken to Peter about his death. And here he says to Uh, regarding John, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? If he was Aussie, he might say, pull your head in. He might say, mind your own business. He might say, none of your beeswax. I have no idea how we ended up with that phrase about beeswax. It's easy for us sometimes to look around the church even to look at other people who we engage with and going, Lord, that person is is starting to follow you, but they seem to be having such an easier time of this than me. They don't have this challenge. They don't have the same level of discomfort. They they seem to have much nicer clothes than me. They seem to be more able-bodied than me. They seem to choose where they want to live and where they want to go and, and what kind of house they want to live in. And Lord God, you have not given those choices into my hand. What about them? And what is the Lord's response? What is that to you? You must follow me. The Lord compares 
Peter's previous life and the life that he has ahead of him. He says, this is the way it used to be, but that's not the way it's going to be in the future. And then there's the instruction, you must follow me. There is a a form of Christianity which seems to be gathering momentum in Australia, and it's been talked about a couple of times this morning already, that you can follow Jesus and hold on to control. That you can follow Jesus and you don't have to bring your relationship with money before the Lord or your relationship with sexuality before the Lord or the way that you want to be in control of things before the Lord, that you can keep being God to yourself and yet lay hold of Jesus. I don't believe that that is a faithful representation of the gospel we find in Scripture. We need to bring every part of our life to the Lord and whatever he lets us hold on to, we can hold on to. And whatever he takes off us, he takes off us. The question is not, Lord, you know, how is this going to sift out for me? The question is, do I want Jesus more than I want to be God myself? That's, the, that's the, the word that he uses here with Peter. Is He says, someone will lead you where you do not want to go. If Peter wants to choose his future for himself more than he wants Jesus, then his walk with Christ is not going to progress. And it's the same for you this morning. It's the same for me. Do you want to make these decisions for yourself or do you want to follow Jesus? In our heart of hearts, that's the decision. What do I actually want? Because if I want control more than I want Jesus, my relationship with God may as well, you know, take the window dressing down. You know, stop pretending to be a Christian if you want control more than you want Jesus. If I want to call the shots in my life more than I want to walk and talk with the Lord Jesus Christ, then then what games am I playing? How am I masquerading? Can you see that this is, is a highly offensive gospel? Because as Aussies, not only are we experts at everything, but we love being in charge of what we eat and what we wear and where we travel and what life looks like. This is kind of the Aussie dream as it is pitched and sold to us, is you get to call all of these these shots in your own life. That is not the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, give me your entire life because I am the Lord God. That's the call to repentance and salvation in Jesus Christ, is we actually have to wave a little white flag and surrender and say, okay, I want you, Lord God. More than I want control, more than I want comfort. How do we do when we compare ourselves to others? Do we go, you know what, Lord, I can, I can see that you're really putting your finger on this in my heart. I need to deal with it. I need to put it to the side and I need to go walking and talking with you. But here are all these other people that haven't had to deal with that. Here are all these other people, Lord, who, who aren't faced with that challenge, you know what, after they deal with that, then I'll deal with that. Lord, you're challenging me about finance, or you're challenging me about sexuality, or you're challenging me about anger, or you're challenging me about pride or about control, but here are all these other people that seem to be walking and talking with you, and they don't seem to be 
challenged about their attitude towards sex or money or pride or control. Lord, if they don't have to deal with it, surely I don't have to deal with it. Would you hear Jesus' words this morning? What is that to you? You must follow me. See, following Jesus is not about Peter getting what he wants. And following Jesus is not about me getting what I want. And ultimately, it's not about you getting what you want. So what does Jesus promise? Jesus says that the response from people that he was on the receiving end of, his followers will be on the receiving end of. If they did it to him, they will do it to us if we are faithful and follow Christ. Jesus did not have the culture around him flood his life with comfort and with wealth and with power and with influence. Jesus did not have the people around him respond with great joy when he told them of their sin. So what is the promise of God that you are holding on to? Do you say, Lord, I will follow you so long as you keep giving me what I want? Again, our question this morning, what is it that you want? In your heart of hearts, what is it? If Peter only followed the Lord, if the Lord gave him what he wanted, then what was really in charge of Peter's faith? If Peter would only follow God so long as everything was smooth sailing, then what was it that really caused Peter's faith to happen? It was his environment. And sometimes we can have that same experience. When everything is smooth sailing, we think our relationship with God is great. And then when the book of Job stuff starts happening, when things go wrong, when we lose our family members, when we lose our health, when we lose control, when we lose perhaps our influence or positions that, that give us sort of pride or status, or when those things get peeled away from our life, how do we respond to the Lord? Is our faith environmental or is it hopefully something like what we see here in Peter's life? That laying hold of Jesus is completely independent of Peter getting what he wants. And my prayer this morning is that you laying hold of Jesus would be independent of your environment or of your circumstances. There is a higher call than simply the call to comfort and the call to control. This is how John finishes his gospel. And I think this is a reasonable place for us to, to again come back to. The good news of Jesus Christ is ultimately not about us being comfortable or us being in control. The good news of Jesus Christ is ultimately not about us. It is about him. And when we commit to following the Lord, we just sang those words. No turning back, though none go with me. I will still follow. I wonder how it would go if we wrote a few verses. Lord, though I don't get to choose my own clothing, though I don't get to dress myself, though I don't get to choose where I live, Lord, if someone imprisons me, I will still follow. Lord, if someone takes my health away from me, I will still follow. If someone takes my family away from me, I will still follow. We see our brothers and sisters around the world facing these situations 
and there is a kind of resilience that they have in their faith and their obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ that is born out of adversary. And the challenge before us as Aussie Christians is that we are not used to being under attack. We are used to having our our government and, and the structures of this land look after us and give us scope and freedom. In one way, there is no more pertinent message for us this morning than this. Jesus' words, what is that to follow? Uh, What is that to you? You must follow me. In a moment, I'm going to pray. And then, Max, can we sing that song again? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that this morning. So what do you want? Do you want Jesus more than you want your own comfort? Do you want Jesus more than you want to call the shots in your life? Do you want Jesus more than you want to choose where you travel or how you travel? Where you are, where he tells you to stop, even though you want to leave. Where you want to leave, even though he tells you to stay. Do you want Jesus? Lord God, we hear these words this morning and we are thankful that John was a witness to this conversation that he wrote them down and that they have been preserved for us because they tell us something about you. Lord Jesus, where we have been hung up on the minute, temporary, ultimately probably meaningless things of this life, where we have been hung up in issues of control, that we want to call the shots, more than we want to walk and talk and follow you, Lord Jesus, would you speak to us? Would you bring conviction, that kind of conviction that only you can bring? Would you help us to process things and to do that incredibly difficult thing and let go in order to lay hold of you? Lord Jesus, we want to be your people. We want to belong to you. We want to faithfully represent you. We want to walk and talk with you. Lord Jesus, please help us to deal with this. Help us to follow you. We commit ourselves to you, Lord. Not because we are good, but because you are good. You are faithful. You are loving. You are just. You are righteous and holy, and you call us to yourself. We ask this in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. As I said last week, if, if you are here and you need to talk, if you need to sit and to pray, so this morning doesn't go past and, and life just continues being whatever it's been, if you need to take a moment to let this sink in, uh, myself or the elders who are present will make ourselves available to sit and to pray with anyone that wants to.